Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As we are fully aware of how powerful our God is, we also need to understand where He centralizes power and also manifests His power in our lifetime. Uh, From the scripture, we understand that His power was manifested in creation. Uh, He created everything in six literal days. And He spoke His words, and He created light. He created the foundation of the earth, and He also created the animals that we see, and He created man, and uh, He created our solar system. And He spoke His words into existence. And uh, 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 as we think about this world, uh, he spoke everything, and everything was created. And we see his power being manifested in that way. And as we think about not only creation, but we also understand that his power was manifested on judgment of the flood. As we think about the beginning of time, we see that man has fallen from uh, 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 fallen due to sinful nature and uh, because of the uh, I'm sorry because of sin and they have been born into the sinful nature and as we think about Noah's day God had to judge the world with the flood and it rained 40 days and 40 nights and the whole world was covered in water and we see that his power was manifested in that judgment there and not only uh, do we also understand concerning judgment, but also his power was manifested through all the patriarchs and the nation of Israel. And his power was manifested through the nation of Egypt with the plagues and also the miraculous provision of manna and water and quail in the wilderness for the people of God. And also he uh, manifests his power in the nation of Israel through different kings. And we know the battle of Goliath and maybe the wall of Jericho and Maybe even the camp of Syria is suffering 185,000 deaths in one night by God's hand. And, and these are all miraculous, wonderful events that God manifested in the nation of Israel and particular people during that time. So God has centralized his power and manifests his power to certain group of people. And as we think about this time in the New Testament age, we think about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and uh, uh, we know that patriarchs in every way knew God, and then they spoke about God, and also we know the prophets in the Old Testament, and also the nation of Israel uh, was supposed to uh, uh, bring forth the light of God in their lifetime. And as we think about this New Testament time, we think about our Savior who came, and uh, he came to manifest the God the Father, and he was the only express image, and he was God in the flesh. And God in every way manifested himself as a son of God, and he showed forth his work and his glorious power by healing people and also preaching his word and converting souls and changing people's lives. And we see those manifestations through our Savior, Jesus Christ. He had a three-and-a-half-year ministry. And we know that his power was centralized and manifested through his son, and we know that to be true as we read the scripture and as we think about the last 2,000 years and all of all the Christians uh, as they uh, have believed in Christ as their personal Savior. Now, as we are sitting here in 2016, where does God centralize his power now? Christ died on the cross, He was buried, 
and he rose again, and he is at the right hand of God the Father. He is no longer here. So, if Christ has left, now where does he centralize and manifest his power? Is it through creation? No, God created the whole world in six literal days. He has not created anything new, except for new life that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and does he manifest his power through judgment? Okay. And uh, not any global judgment like Noah's day or maybe the judgment to come during the tribulation time. Those times has not come yet. Of course, he will do that in his own timing and also in his own sovereign plan. But as we think about this time of grace that we're living here, as we have 2016, where does he centralize and manifest his power? And I believe with all my heart that institution is the church. It's the church of the living God. <clears throat> and as Christians, we need to recognize that this morning. We're not in the Old Testament anymore. Okay. The time of Israel has been cut off now. The nation of Israel will continue their legacy. And uh, even during that tribulation time, and then God will set up his kingdom in Jerusalem one day. And then in that central location for the thousand years, he'll reign. And also, we will also rule with him. We understand that to be true. And we know that timing will come. But this time is the age of the church. And this time that we have is a great opportunity for us to know God's power for our lives and also to manifest his omnipotent power to change people's lives and also to see lives converted. And as, as Christians uh, this morning, we need to understand that, not only understand that, but believe that to be true and really pray for God's power in our lives and for our church. Let's, let's notice some scripture this morning briefly in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. Down to 23, the Bible says, For above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, but hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Who's him? Jesus Christ. The fullness of him that filleth how much? All in all. That's why the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You could be filled with God's Spirit today. Our church can be filled with God's Spirit that filleth all in all. That's the opportunity, that's the great availability. As a church, we cannot sit idle, do nothing, and, and maybe be filled with carnal things of this world, or maybe in every way uh, uh, go through this life never experiencing the fullness of His power and, and also fullness of His love and the fullness of His glory. Ladies and gentlemen, God is the same yesterday and today and forever. That same glory that came down to that temple during that Solomon time, I believe that same glory is available for us because the Holy Spirit of God lives within in our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Believe that to be true and act upon it and pray for the filling of the Spirit in your life and in this church. I think about how 
He manifests His power, and the Bible says that we can be strong in Him. And, and I'm going to skip down to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. That, that means we don't need to just live out our lives according to our own strength. No, we could live our lives according to God's strength. And that His power is available for us. We could be strong in Him. And we could also walk the Christian life because of His power. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. And uh, uh, the, the way you get to know God, the way, you get to get, uh, 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 way you, the way that you get to know more about our Savior, Jesus Christ, is due to to God's power in your life, my friend, and His presence in your life. And God wants to manifest that knowledge, that increase of knowledge, and also being fruitful in every work through His power. So do not doubt in what God can do through you. Do not doubt what God can (coughs) uh, do in your everyday life. And ladies and gentlemen, let us claim this promise every single day and every single moment of our lives. And our life can be complete as well. And not only that, uh, we could also have this life to be not full of fear, but of power. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And ladies and gentlemen, God wants to secure you with his fullness today. God wants to secure this church with his fullness today. And God wants to build this church with his omnipotent power, with his fullness. Do you believe that this morning? Do you truly want to claim that in your life? Do you just want it to be just the knowledge or maybe some writings in uh, in the Bible uh, to be true? Or do you really want it to be true in your own experience? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, do not have a life that is always coming short of having the fullness of God. Always ask for His fullness. God wants you to have it. God wants you to be powerful through His omnipotence. God wants to manifest His might. There's some things that you cannot do on your own, but with His help, all things are possible. And ladies and gentlemen, do not doubt what God can do through you. Do not doubt what God can do through this church. And God wants to build this church. And God wants to, in every way, lead, uh, uh, I mean, save more people and also change more people. And uh, I think about some uh, uh, statistics today, how many doors are being closed in churches and they're not claiming the power of God in their lives, not claiming the gospel uh, to be omnipotent in their community, also in this world. It is calculated that U.S. approximately uh, 3,000 churches close their door each year, but only 1,000 churches are started, and meaning uh, uh, nearly uh, three times the number of the church are closing than that opens. And how sad this is in our country. And uh, as we think about another stat, furthermore, given the declining number and closure of churches as compared to new church stats, there should be over 
38,000 new churches commissioned every year to keep up with the population growth. And as much as we see churches closing every single year, hey, population is growing to really make up for not only the churches being closed, but also with the population growth, there should be 38,000 churches more every single year so that people could have availability and also to have this great opportunity to hear the gospel of of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And many churches are closing their doors and many churches are not being started. Why? Because they have maybe lost faith. People don't believe maybe in the church anymore. They don't believe that church can work, not this, in this era. And uh, with that, that means people believe that God cannot work. If they believe that church cannot work, that means that they believe that God cannot work. How many believe that God still works today? How many believe that God is still the same this morning, and that God is still omnipotent, and he wants to manifest his power to the church. And thank God our church door is open this morning. Amen? You're not sitting outside, are you? We're sitting inside here, and we're having church. Thank God our church door is open, and thank God, and we're not thinking about closing it, because we believe that our God is powerful. We believe that he will keep his church. He will build this church. He will add to his church. And he will keep changing our lives. And he will also save people. And the church is suffering today because they have a lack of faith. Oh, as believers in the Lord and also members of Bible Baptist Church, let us never think twice if God is omnipotent. No, God is always omnipotent. God is always powerful. And always pray to him and always claim his wonderful strength because it's available all the time. I cannot share with you all the points this morning. I'm running out of time, but I'd like to encourage you to be servants of God. I think about the first point, identities of ministers. You know, you've got to be a servant of God. You've got to surrender to the Lord. That's what Apostle Paul is saying there. Hey, don't you know that we're all ministers? Don't you know that we give not glory to ourselves? Don't you know we're not the omnipotent one? Don't you know that we're not the uh, uh, all-knowledgeable one? No, we are claiming God in our lives. We're just mere servants. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how church needs to be. We have our chief shepherd. We have our bishop. And we have our God to be the head of this church. And we're just servants for the Lord. And as we work, I believe that God will bring forth his power if we just truly believe in it. And secondly, as we think about the increase of ministry, how could we be better Christians and how could we truly see more prayers answered? How could we see more people saved? And how could we see even maybe a great resurrection Sunday in three weeks? I believe is through God's power. It says in verse 6, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We see here that as servants, Paul and Apollo simply just did the work. Paul planted Paul's water, but who gave the increase? God did. 
So if we know who gives the increase, we conclude that a person who plants, that a person who water is not as important. The important person is the person who gives the increase. Ladies and gentlemen, who is going to build this church ultimately? Who's going to protect this church? Who's going to give the omnipotent power to to do the work of the ministry? I believe it is God and God alone who's going to draw the sinners to salvation, who's going to save sinners, who's going to change the hearts of people, who's going to change Christians to be more like Jesus, who's going to draw the visitors to come, who's going to convince the hearts of people that this should be their church. And I believe that God and God alone. And don't get me wrong, Paul planted, we understand that, and Paul's water, no doubt about that. But the question is, who blessed the planting? Who blessed the watering? It was God. It was God. And ladies and gentlemen, your Christian life can never be full unless you have God's help. And make sure that you're complete in Him, not complete in yourself. Be complete in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we think about uh, this scripture today, as we think about the increase of ministry, you know, uh, some people or some churches, they have the wrong idea of church building. They think about financial stewardship. I think that's very important. And they think about maybe buildings and great availability of coffee shops and maybe even some bookstores and maybe beautiful platform, beautiful chairs and beautiful pulpit. And I understand we need to do everything decently in order, but that's not the thing that attracts, you know, sinners to salvation. I think about some churches that I visited in Israel, in Jordan, and also in Egypt. Those churches have beautiful bricks, beautiful uh, buildings, and mosaic floors, and walls, and gold, and silver. But those churches are empty. They're just dedications They're just mere buildings that are there. And Christ is not filling that church, I understand. And I understand that to be true. Why? Because God doesn't fill any buildings. No, God fills the hearts of people. As I was walking in those churches, I just thank God I'm a Christian. I just thank God I was born again. I don't need a building. I I thank God I don't need a, you know, a beautiful area where I need to worship God. No, I could worship God. In, our, in my heart, everywhere I go, because I have a wonderful Savior. And ladies and gentlemen, thank God that we are all born again. Thank God we are saved. And thank God for this wonderful growth that we're experiencing in our lives, not because of some external things, no, because of the internal power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, if you know that to be true, you believe that to be true, then act upon it. And make sure you claim some promises. Make sure you see some increase in your life, increase in faith, increase in serving, increase in witnessing, increase in getting involved in your church. And by the way, church is never boring because the church is the body of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, our Savior is always exciting to us. Amen. What he does in his church is always exciting. Don't ever 
ever get discouraged. Don't let the devil discourage you. Don't let the world discourage you. Don't let the critics discourage you. Be encouraged in the Lord and realize God wants to bring forth the increase. So with that, we have the individual mandate. I got one minute here. The individual mandate, every one of you has an opportunity to be more for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Paulus was a separate person. Paul was a separate person. Cephas, Peter, was a separate person. They're all individuals, but they're all serving the same Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have your role as Christian. And you have the great opportunity to serve the Lord and be more for our Savior, Jesus Christ. What are you neglecting in your life? Why are you neglecting it? You know, we need to labor together. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. We might be doing things differently in our own different areas of ministry, in our own different maybe process of growth, but every one of us are in the Lord. We together we labor. But with that in mind, let us never lose a sight of the judgment seat of Christ. You know, uh, you're not accountable to me, ultimately. And I'm not accountable to you, ultimately. We're all accountable to one person, our Savior. And at the judgment seat of Christ, I cannot vouch for you. And you cannot vouch for me. You and Jesus Christ, all alone. And God will judge you according to your good works and your evil works. The individual mandate, do not forget that. But we do labor together. Secondly, I'm together with the Lord. God wants to do it with you. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. God wants to labor together with you. Would you let him? Would you invite him in? Would you be better Christians? Would you see some more increase in witnessing? Would you see some more increase in your church life? Would you attend more than just once during the week? Would you read more of the Bible during the week? Would you pray more during the week? Would you see some increase in your life? There is an individual mandate. God wants to do it with you. Do not forget that. God wants to do it with you. You're not alone in this task. God is with you. Apostle Paul says, all men forsook me. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. The Lord always stands with you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that encouraging? Church might not even encourage you, but Christ wants to encourage you. God wants you to know that he is with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. I hope this short message encouraged every one of us to claim the promises of God concerning your power. You're available all the time. You're in my heart. You're in everyone's heart if we're all born again. And we thank God that we are. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage every single person today to claim the power of God. It's available. And it's a great opportunity. We only have maybe 70 years, or by, the, by strength, maybe we have 80. We only have short duration of this time. I wonder how we're going to spend our lives. Are we going to spend our lives in unbelief, in apathy, indifference, prayerlessness? I pray you help us to get out of that. 
Help us to really pray. Help us to truly be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And let us never be in lack. The Lord is our shepherd. And, dear God, there is nothing that we lack if you're our shepherd. Help us to believe in you. Help us to be filled with thy spirit and claim your peace.